Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian and writer Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, hello, and a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from who's winning an arm wrestle between me and Dane. Um, that's a big, that's a question we question. haven't had posed yet, and that would be we a- haven't. They're very rarely that people have any kind of alpha male displays kind of thing. I mean, in my life, zero. But I, that's yeah. why I thought I'd be interesting. There's I'm, something I don't know about me and Dane. Uh, I was never really an arm wrestle person, though. I've never done it. Well, I don't, I don't do it for years. I saw someone's arm be dislocated in an arm wrestle. I beat my niece a couple of years ago, but she's only young. She'll, she'll want revenge. Yeah, sure, but she's not so, going to get revenge by muscling up and beating me at arm wrestling. You'd be surprised. One day, maybe me and Dane will arm wrestle and prove who wins on the internet. Probably not, but it could happen. That depends. If we can get enough of a backing for it, yeah. we'll 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 do it. We'll stream we it want on, ten thousand we'll retweets. We can do it. Like KSI and Logan Paul, they had a fight, okay. and that got more ratings and pay per views than actual boxing matches. Right, it's on. Great. Those are the kind of questions we ask, anyway. They are the kind of questions we ask, and uh, if you like questions such as this and you enjoy our show, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. We need some of that love. Oh, Artists yeah. that need validation. I know it's a crazy concept guys but it's more about people the more ratings you get the more easy it is for people to find your show come and find my show basis for that line of the script that's a good line it's <laughs> a good line it's a new line it's this a new what, line comedy, this is what we call housekeeping yeah there you go this is the housekeeping anyway we've got a guest because otherwise this show's just this now that the housekeeping is out the way we have a wonderful esteemed guest on today's show it's an Indian stand-up comedian who has lived in India the Philippines is currently based in London she began performing in 2012 and was nominated for the BBC New Comedy Award Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year and New Act of the Year show her TV appearances include Have I Got News For You QI as yet untitled and she is the host of the BBC Radio 4 Comedy of the Week podcast is the undeniably wonderful Sindhu V. Hello. Hello. I just want to say Dane, you would win. Uh, I mean, I say Howard Dane would win the arm wrestle. Why? I Look mean, this is, this is stealthy Jewish strength. There you go. That's there you go. Exactly. Because the phrase that, stealthy Jewish strength doesn't convince you, does it? No, because no, arm wrestle is not about stealthy. It's arm about very conspicuous about strength. Very I conspicuous think. strength. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have to say. On a conspicuous basis, I think. I don't. Unless you're going to tap like pressure points and stuff. Yeah. I'm. Are you looking at me that you want me to flex as well? I'm not sure what yeah, you've flex, got flex. going on there, but you know, it's it. Well, it's See, there fine, you go. You are not, finished. Nothing more. I mean, me and Dan are now just showing our muscles to Cindy. And I'm That's, enjoying is it fully. There something two, there? All it took was two minutes, and we were already. <laughs> this doesn't normally it's now, happen. It's now become. This doesn't normally a, happen. A, a wait, toxic masculinity no, waste. Okay, you've got nice. I like the, the ones at the back. There. You've got, he's he's got back muscle. The back. The one. What the ones there? I don't know. The, what are the ones there? That not the biceps, you. the triceps. Yeah. Yes. He's got more triceps than me. Well, go. look, if this was going to happen, then we're going to put some work in, and then we're going to, you know, if we're oh, going to televise see. it, then Get it's going to. Personal trainers. I actually once thought there was a, a TV show in uh, getting comedians to arm wrestle. They, they, uh, maybe not a TV show per se. <laughs> 
but maybe a very short form web series. Yeah, I kind of think that would be a cool. TV show. Yeah, but not a TV show. Yeah. Who and would I win? Who would win the comedians arm wrestling tournament if, if you pick overall? Yeah, if you pick someone now. Uh, I men's division and women's division. Oh, I, I, we can't oh. get into that. This will get this. <laughs> This this whole podcast will just be shut down. This episode will it's be shut down. It's very hard, though, especially mm. with British comics, because a lot of their uh, narrative is based on how physically inept they are, yeah. really. And so how they never take exercise. Yeah, exercise and, and how, like, being in shape is toxically masculine. And I know. Yeah, very strange. So. All the things that I aspire to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not toxic masculinity is not no, something I aspire course. to, but being physically in shape. Yeah. So it wouldn't yeah. really work. Okay, but, um, well, me and Dane will prepare if we get those 10,000 retweets. I'm going to say Nabil Abdul Rashid is my guy for arm wrestling. Right. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Nabil could definitely do that. Mm. Nabil and could definitely do that. For, uh, you think Kay could do it? Yeah, he could do it. He could do it. Well, then, I don't know. I feel like Kay might be like talking to the trash talk and then he, he forgets and someone just goes, bang! And he's like, ah! So he <laughs> he's like doing the trash talk in seven entertaining accents. Yeah, he'd be very good. I think I think Kay would be the, a great host of the arm wrestling show. He'd be so a good. because he has the aesthetic. Yeah, he's got big guns, mm. yeah. so he'd be a trustworthy source. But, but then also, listeners, we're talking about Kay Kurd, who's on the first episode who was of the this show, the inaugural guest of the uh, show, and he's on um, Quotas Full with and Dane, and it's the talisman of Quotas Full. Cindy, you on Quotas Full? Oh, with right? Dane. Oh, sorry, with Dane. I was on it, but I was without Dane. It's the one episode Dane didn't come to because he tried to diss me, and it worked. And I'm holding it. It's it's kind of hurt me. It wasn't the only episode that I missed. It was the one I wanted to be at that I missed. Uh, for the listeners who are already judging me for betraying my esteemed friend Sindhu, <laughs> I was at the Johannesburg International Comedy Festival being in Africa for the first time in my entire life. Uh, you know what? That's supposed to like... I don't know, draw a lot of sympathy to Dane. All I'll say is he wasn't at the podcast when he knew I was going to be there. Either way, Sindhu, I was going to have a deathbed regret either way, okay? okay Why can't good. you go back on it again? Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to beg to come back on now. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of girl. Just go back on it. No, I'm the kind of girl where, like, you know, like you have, like. You had your chance. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Mm. Now we're done. Still worth pointing out. Still no Jews on the quotas full thing. So oh. just pointing that one out. You know what? It took all of 30 seconds for you to make this about that. Right. Mm. And also. I'm make it all about that. But I'm just pointing <laughs> out that. And also. They, they made a point of having uh, a couple of females, yourself and Tanya Moore. How is that? How is that? How that's are some two female? Fem- that's some female, and that's somehow fine. on the same that's level right. as well, all Jewish. Your teeth. That's fine. We'll find Hannah Woman then, since it's about the women folk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this uh, there's there's been I've already been wrong with this podcast. I feel like I've already there's generated a fair amount of animosity on this. Yeah. You know, I've just I've I've I have what my middle child would say been a stirrer. I think you've done that's it well. A, yeah, she's she she's been talking to me about Love Island, and she said to me. That, today about oh my god nine o'clock I have to watch Love Island and I'm like I can't even believe you watched that show and she said to me you know what mommy last year I was like you I thought I was above Love Island now I've started watching it and I'll tell you what I'm so below Love Island I'm rock bottom Island Love Island is everything and I was like how is this child well there you go (sighs) that's answer your question child there you go thank you there you go because in two years nobody's going to care Mm. Yeah, but these but people get a lot of joy from it. They do mm. get a lot of joy from it. It's very easy for you to uh, offset your own insecurities about your lack of fulfillment in life by projecting onto other people. But she's a kid, so hey. Exactly. So yeah, you know, let it go. It's no, like no, I used to get really emotionally go. involved with American wrestling. So did you? Yeah, when Papa Shango made uh, Ultimate Warrior's makeup bleed on his face, I was like, "This is crazy. What's going to happen next?" Oh, you know, when the Undertaker mm. was like basically doing a genocide on wrestlers, I was like, "This shit is crazy." Yeah, good. And I was like, if somebody did deliberately try and uh, poison somebody with a spider like Jake the Snake did, they'd probably be in prison. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. 
Yes. Very similar to Love Island, though, in that it's massively exciting and there are some dubious romances in wrestling. And a lot of people ah. will die from steroid overdoses. Oh, yes. Uh, well, t- some of them look like they're f- well on their way. There you go. Mm. But wow, the pageantry. I know, I know. And that's what it is, it's pageantry. It yeah. is pageantry with a lot of kissing. Uh, uh, we, as we discussed in the previous podcast, what we've worked out is that the format for Love Island is that there is a ratio of dialogue to sex in most pornography. Yeah. That's just been inverted. Inverted. So it's like quite a bit of sex. I know. And then lots of talking. And you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? I, I haven't watched it. I did, I did ask my kid this. I was like, are they having sex on the show? Because she's young. She's a teenager, but she's a young teenager. And she said, well, yeah, but not really. And I thought, well... Okay, I have a gig. Exactly. That's enough Which for me. Like in pornography, where you're I'm like, going. In pornography, you're like, are they talking? And then you go, yeah, but like, not really. Not really, exactly. But here it's just, I see. Yeah, you see. Mm-hmm. It's going to be time for a question, isn't it, Dane? That's the that's the the opening gambit. <laughs> it's, that's it's officially it. the opening gambit completed. I mean, it's the only gambit normally. No, that's and then we head question. into the quest, the gambit of questions. Ah, of what kind of question? And we have to open the questions up in the traditional way, Dane. We do. We first say thank you so much for coming. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for being a bigger person and for giving me. And thank you for being here at this podcast, Dane. Well, <laughs> He walked into that. If I had sound effects, do you know, this might be the first time I use a sound effect on this thing. I think Cindy might be one of the only comedians I know is capable of making me feel guilt. Right. You are always, you are always a positive quasi-maternal influence in me in comedy. I know. I even, I even curtail my profanity in her presence. Yes, and I just want to know, for, I just wanted the listeners to know, I'm not as old as Dane's mom. No, no. I just have that way because I've got kids and I've also got that manner. Yes. And I respect that. A natural mother. It's a good maternal yeah. air that you have. Yeah, I and, do. And, you know, I respond to it very positively. Good. And I like that. So <laughs> it's time for so, <laughs> it's time for the question. Ms. Sindhu, as my esteemed guest, again, thank you for coming. I can only profusely apologize for my previous absences. And as the first gesture of goodwill, the floor is open for you to ask any question you would like of myself and my producer friend, Howard. Okay. So here's my question. Mm. Do you think open marriage is... Really work. Oh, God. And you, and you know I'm married, right? You know I'm exactly. married when well, you're asking me this. Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, I'm not going to mm. ask. So you. I guess you should go first. You've got more experience than me. Yeah, exactly. Thing. So, yeah. Thanks for volunteering, Howard. So, would open marriages no, actually... No, do they actually? Oh, because they, they, actually? they exist and they're, yeah. they're, they're not hypothetical. I guess they can work, but I wonder what they do to the trust in, between the people in that relationship. That would be my, I guess they are working, otherwise they wouldn't exist. But how strong is that bond? How, mm. effe- how affected would your bond be by the other person being, uh, you know, having, having some sex with some other people? It's, it's a, yes, it, yes. It depends on the basis of your bond. Because, you know, everyone's coupling or everyone's partnership by way of marriage, is not just the fact that I love you and I want you to love you forever. Like, for example, I don't, I'm, so how do you strange. really feel about that particular bond? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's how you feel that particular bond. Mm. I, my mother said once, I think, about my dad. She said, you know, I don't know if your dad has affairs. He's never brought any illegitimate kids home. I've never found out about any illegitimate kids. What I'm aware of is that my children are taken care of, you know, and he contributes towards the house and it always has done. There's never missed a day of work. So... Other than that, you know, so far as the partnership of coupling together and combining our resources to give our offspring a better life than we had, he's fulfilled his end of the bargain. So, so far as those vows, he's been here in sickness and in health. So, do I really 
want to spend my time worrying about what this person's doing behind my back. But that's a different thing. But that's, that's, that's a different that's thing. That's the whole thing. See, I, and I agree with you. It's interesting that you've gone that way because that's that's what's kind of fascinating about it, isn't it? Is that yes, this I, is such a different mindset. Yes, this. I mean, this mindset is apparently, according to the the model, is that two people know and they they discuss the trust but then they discuss that so say for example they had that model where like you know we're contributing to the well-being of our offspring the house but they're openly then saying they're going to sleep with other people mm-hmm. that model to me is fascinating i you know my in in my family my mother comes from a very feudal background mm-hmm. so men always had affairs yeah, well, I mean, and not in my fair, father's my, family. My but, family is like that as well. A lot, but a lot. it's just don't don't ask, don't tell. And as long yeah. as it doesn't come home, it's exactly. fine. Exactly. It was very much the men who were doing it. I think the yeah. women didn't do it because if they were even if there was even a whiff, they would be killed. So they hmm. didn't do that. This is my mother's. So my maternal side of the family, not my mother, but my grandfather and my uncles and so on. And by killed, you mean? Well, in my grandfather's time, yes, killed. That's it. Yeah. It's 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 rural India. It's feudal. And women just didn't have the same standing. And also the shame that women bring is blah, 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 much worse. And this is this conversation not about that. But modern day open. See, but you see, the thing is, in those marriages, you stayed married. I often say to oh, people yeah. that Indians are raised to stay married. We, we are very good at torturing our spouse to death, but mm. we won't leave them. Oh, my, car, my the, family is the same. This divorce thing is just not a thing for us, you know, because it's like you keep the family together because if nothing else, you're raising the kids. And it's, it's always what will the kids how will they manage if the family splits? But within that, you are just com- sometimes completely insane uh, and mental. But in in all cultures where marriages have to stay together, there's a huge there's a huge vein of putting up with shit, right, on mm. both sides. Open marriage is very fascinating because it's a modern concept, and in modern days, marriage you know it's never been easier in human history to get a divorce. Mm. morally, economically, socially, in all parts of the world, including India. And I just use India as an example because I know it well. Um, so, my, But in this modern paradigm, it's like we're married, but we've agreed to sleep with other people, but we're emotionally intimate with each other. And my question is is, is actually, do they, does that work? Or is that just... My concern is it's usually one person... It's very rare that two people in a marriage wake up and say, hey, I want to, talk, I want to tell you something. And the other one says, no, you go first. I said, no, no, no. Okay, you go first. And they both happen to be saying, I think we should have an open and marriage. Th- and we're still finishing each other's sentences. I know, exactly. <laughs> so it's yeah. going to work out perfectly for us. <laughs> exactly, right? Do you think we should have an open marriage? Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. Exactly. Yeah, never happened. It's usually one person. Mm. Same as when uh, people say, we broke up. It was mutual. No, someone had to say something first. Uh-huh. Exactly. So it's that kind of thing. And I think, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a model that's supposed to work. And the idea is that two people discuss it and they then agree. But it's usually one person who's pushing that agenda. I think so. I, I, I think that an interesting element of it is um, there's two elements that, that, that confuse me. So like one of it is building the bond of like habitual living is to me the basis of long-term relationships, whether it ends up as marriage or not. That kind of habitual... No, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I don't know what your weekend was like. Yeah, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? But like... you, you, you kids. Yeah. And those kids, like, de- define part of your relationship with your husband. And when the kids aren't there, you guys have your system of yeah, living. Yeah. You know, like that. That's, to me, the basis of, 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 of any long-term relationship. Whereas the sex part changes over the course of... 
however many years and decades and whatever. And people will naturally always... I think I don't even think this is actually is linked to the the duration of the relationship. Yeah. I think people will always look at other people and find them attractive. Now, the the notion that you should then act upon that there you go is 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 a complicated one because to me, and this is only I can only speak from my own personal experiences previous, previously to my wife. Uh, the pursuit of the thing of the sex, and then the acquisition or, or yeah. accomplishment of the sex. Uh, yeah, the, at the point of accomplishment or, or that moment is kind of like, oh, I'm not sure that was completely worth it, really. A lot of the time, like, if I'm honest, like it didn't. <laughs> what are you saying? That you, when you pursued when, your wife and you had sex with her, you were like, this is not really worth it? Is that what it sounded like to you, Dan? Do you no, want to re? Do you want to re? No. No. like, Howard yeah. busted nut and was like, ah. Oh, I know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I want to go back saying, to my wife now. I was basically saying that previously <laughs> to my wife. Uh, I liked her now. I've come and now I don't like it so much. Now I like my wife. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, Howard. That's what it so sounds like. So you want to just go over that again? So that yeah, just to make it really clear for my wife that the that the pursuit of sex and the actual once it, once you have it, it's a little bit like oh, I'm not sure that was worth all that effort. And and so you know, if it was going to be a detriment to the relationship, <laughs> such a player. No, no, no. It's true. I think if if it's to be a detriment to your long term relationship, the pursuit of this thing that probably isn't really worth that much. Yeah. But in your head. It is worth it because the pursuit of sex is kind of like like a game that comes with no real costs, right? Yes. And then once you actually have the thing, you're like, oh, God, this comes with loads of costs, which is like, you know, uh, physical. Yeah. <laughs> the physicality of it all changes everything. So, like, I don't know if, if I was in one I of those. I have no like, idea what he's talking about. You, I've never heard sex <laughs> described like, like really this in my life. And this is why... Tara needs not worry. Yeah, exactly. I honestly don't know what. This is what happened. I if, would never if end up would, in an open a woman, exactly, he would never end up in an open relationship because a woman would be like, "So, Howard, how would you feel about relationship?" Well, there are seven schools. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Stay with your wife. Stay it's with your wife, Howard. Stay with your wife. Much no, more. I'm like honestly, a dog, Cindy. I'm very loyal. I, I, yeah. I, I, no, my, but when you start, owner. like every time you started a sentence on this, I've thought, okay, this is about sex, and then by the time you get mm. the end of the sentence, I'm like, what are we talking about? Well, I'm quite awkward. What's happening? Awkward. Exactly. Jewish man yeah. so it's quite difficult for me to really say but basically what I was saying yes, is that I don't think having sex uh, with a random person is worth that much okay good that I oh, I can get on board with that <laughs> yeah get on board with that Which, okay. and that's the basis for an open relationship as far as I can tell is that yes. to have that sex and yes this is, and this is what I mean and I guess for some people it's <laughs> it, 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 and like I say it depends <laughs> in marriage is very and very it's what people try emphasis. not to fuck up my marriage here Sindhu <laughs> you did a great job of not fucking up you your really marriage you really are not going to fuck up You're your marriage you're not going to fuck up your oh, marriage know no, that. No. Yeah. I mean whoever has taken that on board and heard that level of narrative and been like imagine it after sex that was, that was, that's yeah, hot I that's, am wet yeah, yeah exactly that's, I'm still going to take him home <laughs> imagine you, hearing this after sex my yeah wife, exactly my wife has listened to me talk after sex and she hasn't left I know well, that's incredible. incredible you say that but be aware that Howard sleeps in a separate, uh, separate bed rooms didn't come up for the 54th episode yeah. oh right. see, no that's, that's not that unusual yeah that's not unusual but also but again that works for the marriage and this is what I mean. I think some people have certain practices which are maybe outside of the normal paradigm of marriage that may necessarily work for them. But throughout all the rambling, Howard does make a good point <laughs> mm. in that, like, for a lot of the time, people, I guess, open marriage for the most part seems like people are trying to be gratified outside of their marriage. Yes. And I feel like, like you said, divorce has never been easier, uh, economically especially. I feel like that may be the reason why we're seeing a rise in open marriages because it's not like it's not something or infidelity is not new to our society. Nope. But I think now because it's recognized and anytime you can 
isolate a culture or a trend and then you can monetize it, it's going to be encouraged a lot more. Because before people had open marriage and stuff, they didn't really have things like Ashley Madison and like friend, okay. adult friend finder and websites which facilitate this need for you to have extramarital uh, indulgences. So now that people are going to make money from it, I think that's why you're seeing a lot more of this. So when you say, can an open marriage work? I think it can. Like I said, I think like maybe with two parties, it can seem very strange. But then at the same time, it's all very subjective in terms of what people define as a coupling or as a marriage. Yes. And I feel like there are some people, depending on why they are together, like I said, if you're of a certain age and you're together and literally somebody may just be dealing with, I don't know, chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm. And they are literally too tired to be able to pleasure their husband sexually. Or so, wife. you know, or wife, yeah. So, you know, they leave it open for someone to pursue that gratification yeah. from elsewhere. And sometimes that can make the marriage work. It's interesting that Howard missed out on the reference to the fact that Abraham himself was not able to conceive with his wife in the Bible. Uh, right? I forgot that detail. <laughs> his wife was Hagar, right? And then, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. so then. It's been a while since I've looked. So then their, their handmaiden uh, bore his first son, Abraham. Yes. And then when Hagar had Isaac, then Abraham and his mother were sent to. Palestine, oh, right? Or, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Pakistan. So, Palestine. Oh, I was like, Pakistan, you mean India? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. at that time. At that time, yeah. At that time, everyone relaxed, Tez, take a deep breath. <laughs> have you broached this subject um, uh, with your husband uh, as just a conversation topic? Or? No, my husband's not that kind of guy. He doesn't have intellectual interest in what he thinks of as rubbish. Right, he just, he would just claim it as pure rubbish. Well, he'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, mm. my husband's very, um, he's a very uncomplicated person that way. He's yeah. like, I'm married, this is what I do. Yeah, my dad's the same. That's that's what it is. What what is open and he he'll say what is open marriage. I also think that open marriage is um apparently, and I was reading this somewhere, the movement of polyamory has been driven by women mostly. Mm. Polyamory, which is slightly yeah. which is quite different than open mm. marriage. It's linked. It's linked. It is linked. They're in the same family. You know what mm. I mean? Um and so I think I mean, I think my husband's just ridiculous. It's like, I mean, he's, he's also Scandinavian. They don't marry for a start. They have very relaxed relationships. So if they do marry, they're like, what? Now you want to talk about, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, all that effort. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think for my husband, love is very, it's a very obvious thing. Hmm. You know, and so I'm very lucky. Oh, but love is a very beautiful. obvious thing. Um, but even more obvious than love for his wife is the love for his children, which hmm. I have a lot of respect for. Hmm. I mean, I don't want to be married to someone who, loves me more than he loves our kids. I'm like, what would something happen to me? What will happen to the kids? Like, has anyone read Cinderella? You know, I mean, I don't want my, that. My mother says this to me. She's like, be aware that if anything happens to me, a dad remarries, his wife may not want you in the house. But I know that my husband is not that guy. I don't think my dad's that guy either. Exactly. So all, but, also, makes... but I'm also the guy where it's like, well, you think I want to make friends with a new mom anyway? No, no, that wouldn't happen. Exactly. Would never so... happen. No, I mean, my kids would be like, no. I'd be, but... I could be courteous and polite, but give a fuck? No. No, but I don't even, but see, my husband's not that guy. He's like the kids, the kids, the kids. So I think there's lots of things mm. in a marriage. And how long have you been married? How uh, only two years. Oh, gosh. Okay. Lovely. <laughs> but how long have you known? Because you guys five know each years, other. Yeah, five okay, years. So seven altogether. And uh, Dane, you're not married as far as we know. Mm-hmm. No. But, um, you know, there are a lot of things in a marriage that could be introduced or discussed or brought up, but it depends on the level of in, in individuation that you have. Mm. Yeah. So there's something you really want, then you bring it up. But if if you're in a marriage where it's really because of children, it's really a, not about you individuated. It's about 
the unit. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing about then, relationships in general is that your actions really within a relationship are to serve the relationship. Yes, so exactly. So marriage yeah. is very much a vehicle for furthering various goals, primarily of the children and then also of each other. That kind of involve a symbiosis because you d- it's dependent that for your children realizing their life and having a better life is dependent exactly. on another person as well. Exactly. So and, yeah. and also depends on the level, what kind of friend you are in general. See, I'm a very loyal friend. I have the same, I have friendships from when I was very young. Hmm. I, I was, I'm a, my husband and I are very good friends. Hmm. So I, like there's things I want to really hurt him as my husband, hmm. but I couldn't do it to my friend. Yeah, I get that. I can't lie to my friend. That's, that's what I'm, I would love to lie to him, but then he's such a good friend of mine. I think, oh God, like I want to know how to look like, at his face. And also as your friend, like having that friendship allows for you to, if there was any lack of fulfillment or, you know, or you felt you may be deprived in your marriage, you're able to have that conversation, not to say with the guys of, as your wife. No, you, it's like... Yeah, you, can, you don't have to preface everything with this whole thing of, ma- er, er, thing of marriage hanging over you. So like when you say, I'm not married, and I say, not, I mean, others didn't, could just be fucking ugly, but <laughs> I, where I've had long-term relationships, I've never been like, oh, I was going to marry that person. I can tell you in most instances, every single person I've been with, there's been something they've said or done where I'm like, well, I can't be with you the first of your life. And maybe not said at the time, and it's tragic, but it's even me at the back of my head, I know, well, I, what if you're going to do this? That's this trend. I had that moment, yeah, and, it this trend, a, and it ended a relationship in bed. Yeah. It was a big dramatic that trend, moment. That trend, were you, were you that trend talking a lot, continue. and she was like, you know what, I'm done here. I cannot take it. School one. number five. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you know like, what, we're you're done. Yeah. I was explaining to her how oh, her... explaining. There you go. I was explaining to her how her career uh, in, in, uh, as an actress and its, uh, her disappointment at its uh, progression was having a detrimental effect on our relationship. And if that continued, I'm not sure how we could have a future. And then she paused and said to me, I feel the same way about your hoovering. And... uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Your what? Hoovering. Hoovering. My hoovering of... of, of, (laughs) You mean okay? (laughs) You mean okay? She's fucking talking about my... I'm talking about her... I'm talking about, like, her reason to be... And she's comparing that to my hoover. What do you think I'm doing with my hoovering? I don't know how how your relationship works. I can't really judge from this perspective. No, but literally, a bit in my mind, as soon as like, she said that, we literally went, I'm not splicing jeans with you. That's literally, what you thought? Literally in my head, I went like, I'm not splicing jeans I mean, mine isn't to do with hoovering. But, oh, no, but it's a good part. My dad, but my dad um, vacuum cleans the house every Sunday. So okay, hoovering, yeah, but, hoovering but he does it in a way that your mother finds acceptable, yeah. so they're still together. So it's, well, there you go. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Also, but it's, 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 you know, it's just the little things. It's like when she has a bath, he does her back. Oh, that's beautiful. Dude, that's, that's nice. But see, small that's things like, it's small things like that. Is is I think those makes, those nuances are what I make the difference. I tell you difference. what, though, just just the one because oh, we, we're gonna have to move on. But the one thing about this that really fascinates me is the sex thing because that is the crux of it. And if you said to someone, "Hey, be in an open relationship, no sex," they'd be like. What I'm not going to take this woman to the cinema. I don't even fucking well, exactly. know. Exactly. There's no. There's no point in doing that. I mean, I'm not I mean, going to have a, a fucking Bella Italia with this girl that I don't. No, but know. I mean, I'm in an open emotional relationship that way with all of my girlfriends. You know what I mean? I mean that's <laughs> that's an open marriage in well, that exactly, sense. Yeah. Like emotional intimacy. Please. I mean, mm. like I'm very that's close why it's to all my about husband. Sex, but that's why it's all about sex. It's, but it is only about sex. There's a lot. There's a lot of people who very clearly do not have a lot of sex prior to them becoming married, and maybe this is where this stems maybe. from. Oh, and what? the fact that society now openly allows for you to indulge whatever unrequited sexual fantasies you may have. You know, I'm not even sure it's unrequited. I think having, I think um, monogamy, well, it's the modern marriage requires monogamy between two people as the the thing. Remember, 
marriage initially was about economic stuff and yeah. family stuff. People were sleeping around. No one expects you to bang the same person for the rest of your life. Mm. For men, yes, but there were all kinds of things for women, even in the Parada system, mm -hmm. where the women were in a different house. And it was even the Hindu kings who had that in North India. Women were getting up to all kinds of things. These days, marriages have to be friendships and economic unions and you're my only lover. And it's a lot of pressure on a marriage. Mm. And I think one of the sideways of that is that uh, people have open marriages because they think, well, I can't get everything out of this. But I think the big thing about open marriage is also that in, in a lot of cases, I think it's a way of, it's, you know, I think human beings are getting worse and worse at at accepting the dictum of, you have to sacrifice something to get something else. Yes, exactly. You see, and I think that's becoming exactly. further and further away. So it's like, let's find another way to sort of but this is the cornerstone the of, of consumerism is that yes. we can still You can always to, get something mm, you want yeah, if you and, 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 and if you call it this thing. Yes. So, so what was the verdict? Open marriages work, maybe. Uh, Especially if Howard doesn't mm, talk about them. If I don't explain them, you might be okay. Might I think we have to wait and see. Okay. Yeah, let's Good. see how it, the world plays out. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I enjoyed that question a lot. That's Me a too. Hell of a question. That's cool. Um, I'm going to pose a, a slightly different question. Mm. Because otherwise it would be the same question, which would be pointless. Um, my question is is based on the fact that we've got Sindhu here. And I've held this question in for a while because I felt like I want the right guest oh. to talk about this question. Right? And it's a bit controversial. I mean, I have an open relationship with all the other guests, so <laughs> try not to fixate on one particular guest, I, please. You know, I've just sometimes got a batch of questions. <laughs> I keep them here. I don't necessarily show you, Dane, but I've got a, I've got a batch of questions, and I, and I sometimes think, oh, this is the right person to talk Bring to you about it. this. So my question to you is this, and it's very specifically worded, so I'm going to get it right. The question is, shall we all, as in the human race, all of the human race, keep making children? So that that means should everyone be making kids? I open the floor. Is, <laughs> okay, so is the question: Should everyone who's capable of having children have them, or does everyone who want to have children have them? I think it's anyone who's capable of having children. Should we all be permitted to have children? Because I wait, wait, wait! You just changed the question. You went from should they have them to should they be permitted to have them? Uh, well, I, I suppose I'm just slightly tweaking it. So, what's uh, the actual question? Should There's we, should, seven uh, questions, Dane, in this one question. I just want to point out. <laughs> can we get to the one that I'm I can to cut answer? all of this out? It's fine. No. Uh, no, should it's we all be, be an open podcast, Sindhu? That's what I know. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> get to the point, Howard. Should, <laughs> should, we, should we all be allowed to have kids? Should we all be permitted to have kids? That's that's oh. that's the thing. Because I tell you why, I talked to my wife, she's a big environmentalist and, you know, we're going to have kids at some point. And, you know, you kind of, I kind of look at everyone having kids, like an era of my life where lots of people are having kids. And you're obviously aware of the overpopulation of the planet, environmental Especially problems. Especially in India. India's a big part of that population. And, you, and, and then it makes you go, well, should we have some kind of like thing that decides whether you should be allowed to have kids or not? And that is a controversial subject, I'm aware. It is. It is. I think on this, I have answers at so many different levels. Um, let's take the a really basic level, which is that growing up in India, I'm used to, um, you know, uh, freedom, mm. free speech, free choice. It's, you know, and we have right above us China, which we have long held our heads high that we are not like China hmm. because as in we have freedom and they don't. So they have done much better with their population issues than us. And yet I think the reason we've, the reason China has succeeded is because they are a dictatorship that, wouldn't let that would give you forced abortions if you were having more than one kid or, uh, you know, all that stuff, which we don't we'll never know because they don't have a free press. 
But the fact is, they didn't just walk up to people and say, you can only have one kid. And all the Chinese went, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. No, especially with the female infanticide issues over there. Mm. So first thing I think is, well, I always go for freedom because it's a huge part of India's cultural DNA to think of freedom because that's how we asked the British to leave. Sure. And we asked them. We were like, we, we came up with a number of democratic things and said, on this basis, on this basis that you're discussing in your parliament, you should leave human rights, equality, every human being, Gandhi, that whole yeah. basket of things. So freedom is very important to me over and above um, economic goods that may come from a huge curtailment of freedom, like you can only have one kid. We did have a period during emergency where uh, Indira Gandhi's second son, who died in a, a plane crash, he never made PM, but he was like a, the de facto guy behind her. He started loading men up, just gathering men up from cities, taking them and giving them forced vasectomies, whether they liked it or not. Just it wow. was it was a bad period, and then she went to jail. It was called emergency for a reason. It was a goddamn emergency for a country which has the rule of law. Sure. So there's that. Having said that, I do think that there is a crisis of population in the world. And I wonder, the word permitted to me is a very specific word. It means that someone has, can take away my freedom to have a child. Yeah. I, so let's say incentivize. Yeah, it's, it's so a slightly tricky incentivi- question to make. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, I'm, listen, dude, I did philosophy. I'm all yeah, over yeah. this. So let's use the word incentivize. Yeah. Should people be incentivized to not have children? You see, mm. having children is not the issue. People are having children right, left, and center. The people have 14 kids in a village in India. No, no, that's not the issue. Unless you go to places like Japan and Italy where the birth rate is one and is, is a half. Then you say, oh, we, those countries want to incentivize their people because they're like, there's going to be none of us left. But in general, should we incentivize people to have fewer children? I think yes, very much. And the single biggest incentive is educating women. Mm-hmm. They, you educate a woman, she starts exactly. saying, I want to have less kids. Exactly. So I very much believe that we m- must look at a sort of SOS on the education and what we call house husband. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Husbandry is an old word. Mm. It's how to keep house. So accounts and this and that. If you look at SOS education about um, reproduction and basics of housekeeping and you go to women, young girls, and you do that, that is, I think it should be something that all people with certain amounts of education or money that are capable of contributing to that effort globally should be doing it because that's where the incentive is because 
again and again, research shows you educate a woman, she starts having less kids. Hmm. It's just how it goes. And I think that there should be a push towards that. Among all the different policies that charities are doing, there should be a push to educating young women for this. I do think that there is a need to get the idea out that we should probably have fewer kids if you can. Yeah, and it's not a lot of people who are, who are brave enough to say it as eloquently as you, Cindy, that's for sure. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not think, easy. Then? I mean, I, I, I agree completely so far as like if the issue, when people are discussing uh, the uh, prevalence of childbirth uh, within the context of overpopulation or allocation of resources, yes. that is the most practical and realistic and most humane way. Yeah, and exactly. Most, I guess, intelligent way of dealing with that would be to educate women and uh, and also have an ubiquitous or global uh, ubiquitous availability of birth control if it's required. And for us to stop putting the hands of the legislation of the womb in the hands of people that don't have them. Exactly. And I just, yeah, exactly. And one of the things I also want to say that again and again, when we talk about educating young women about having fewer kids, we immediately think, and I've d made this mistake myself, immediately think, oh, obviously it's all the uneducated women who don't know better. You've got to look at millionaires who are having five kids and six kids. Mm -hmm. Why are those women doing it? It's a status symbol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a status symbol. It's a sign. It's a, There is a correlation, in my opinion, and I, there's no research sure. behind this, there's a correlation between very educated women uh, choosing to stay home. And the word in the West is choosing to stay home to raise their children because the wealthier and more Western you are, the act, the fact that you've had a child is the most fascinating and precious thing that's it's, ever it's the, it's the, happened. It's the reinvention of the womb. You know, like, the, you like know, reinventing the wheel, like to see wealthy, yeah, affluent women have kids. stay home and have kids. It, it, they have, now they tie, they, they use papooses so they directly yeah, to, to their kids and stuff. Yeah, and have these big showers. And it's a status symbol. I yeah. mean, to be honest, when I had children, when I had my first child and wanted to quit my job, my mother was furious with me. She said, you know, you were, you're so well-educated, you're economically equivalent to your husband, and you want to go and you, and you want to stay home. And I wanted to stay home because I missed my kid. I was, and my mother said, well, you know, suck it up because you've come so far. And I will say this on this podcast, and I have never said this out loud. It's in a script I'm, I've written, but I'll say it on this podcast. I said to her, but mommy, I missed the baby. And my mother said, and, she, and I'll say it in Hindi, then I'll say it in English. She said, the baby she said, roadside ki har landi kutia pille nikal every, every stray bitch on the roadside is having a puppy. That's not what's interesting about you. What's interesting mm. about you is you're not dependent on anyone financially. You can make a difference to other women. You can stay in a job. You can support other people. And you want to stay home for a baby? This is someone who never had any choice about having children. In, my father was very mm -hmm. different, but in her family. Having a baby is just not a big thing for her. That was a very harsh statement, I want to say. I did look at my mother when she said that, and I was like, dude, that's harsh. And I cried. And she was like, I don't care. Because obviously her world was like, you're a woman, you've had one kid. She said to me, I will move into your house and take care of this baby. You please go to the office. Mm. But I stayed home. She didn't talk to me for three months. So, uh, but the bottom line is we also have to... Good talk, mom. Yeah. We, we also have to incentivize women who are educated and, and can afford lots of kids there really needs to be a course in private schools with mm. young women to say, uh, go deep in yourself and say, what is it 
that I, why do I want to have these children? You know, I mm-hmm. have this great job. I want to be an economic advisor at the World Bank. I don't care what clothes I wear because I don't care about status. Oh, I'm having five kids. That's also about status. What status are you, Yeah. you know, and because we always think it's women who have an edu- who have a religious imperative. Wealthy women with four and five kids in Range Rovers. And I, hey, I have three kids. I'll put my hand up. I have three kids. Yeah. I should have stopped at two. I had a third. Well, there, there you go. That's a fascinating statement. I should have stopped it I should too. have stopped because in India, we have a statement that we were all raised with. Hamdo hamare do. We are two. We have two. It was a big drive by the government. And I remember it's in my head. Hamdo. Hmm. My father was like, you have two kids. That's, that's also the premise for the uh, sitcom Outnumbered. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> There's yeah, more yeah. of them than there is of us. Yeah. So. But I had a third. Um, and I had a third because I, I, when I was a little girl, I said I wanted to have four children. Hmm. And um, I didn't have four. I had three. And I mean, if I was more, and I'll be honest about this, if I was, if I was a diehard, I mean, if I was diehard worried about climate change, I wouldn't have had three kids. I'd have mm. had less. I'd have had two. I think one kid's a bit tricky, in my opinion. My husband's an only child. Like, I know how that goes for other people when they grow up. Mm. Um, how does it go? They're tough. Only children? Yeah. As, as people? Yeah. Do you think so? Oh, gosh. I yeah. mean, he's great and I love him and everything, but oh my God. Really? And, and also, I think what happens with the parents of only children is they become very focused on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two kids, I think, fair enough. But the, the, the part of the reason this question came up in my head uh, over the time is, is definitely, and, and I am not a parent yet. Uh, it will happen. Well, I hope it happens. It will happen and then I'll, 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 I'll have a different perspective. Uh, but I definitely see people in public not being good at that job. Now, that's a very generalized statement, I'm aware. But you will know the kind of thing I'm talking about. And this can be, I agree. This can be class, I agree. Uh, this can be non-class centric. So I can be sitting, I can be walking through an Asda and see someone trying to barter with their kid over which four cereals they're allowed to buy. And I'd say, well, that's a, a pension, a low-income family, and that's a ridiculous scenario, and she shouldn't, this is, that makes sense. But then on the flip side of that, I can be in the upper middle class, you know, fucking getting the avocado on toast and see a parent indulging their kid in this privileged way that makes me go, you, how, how are you allowed this? <laughs> well, it, it go, I think it goes back to what Cindy was saying about, you know, you just have a zeitgeist of people that don't take responsibility for themselves anyway. And people are very easily able. And it's all, I think it's all part of this, of just a air of individualism, which includes your own brood. Whereas like my children yeah. are more special than anybody else. Yeah. And therefore they can do what they want. Like for example, which my parents never necessarily had, because like, for example, I've had situations whereby I may have had an argument with a partner, which my parents have overheard. And they have interjected to be like, you can't talk to somebody like that in our house. This, I imagine, is very rare because I've been to other people's houses where their children are insanely rude. And they can, their children, can, and going back to like only children stuff, they cannot do wrong in their parents' eyes. They can't do wrong in their parents' eyes. And their parents will find some way mm. of subverting whatever they do and being like, well, it's our child. And that happens a lot of the time, I find. And I just, I think, uh, so far as like, it's everyone I think it's a biolog- it's a your it's a biological right to reproduce. Yeah. It's that's that's, that's why in policy terms you can just incentivize. Yeah. You, know, you can't Spirit, maybe theologically speaking, that's your God given right to create life on earth. There is whatever uh, man made infrastructures, whether they're based on class or whatever social ones we've created, those do not take away from the fact that if you are able to make a child, you should be able to make a child. I agree with that. Um 
Mm. I guess the systems that we now overlay with the process of having children within our societies kind of complicate that whole process. And this is where, the, and this is why. And I guess when you have class and you have education and stuff, you do begin to hear this narrative of like, should everyone be able to have kids? But then I'd say by the same token, it takes a village to raise a child. So maybe the issue is more the fact that when it comes to having kids, our large focus is on the fact of the children we produce ourselves, where, you know, had with the same level of education where we are educating women and we're educating men in terms of like the whole mechanics of rearing children, why are we not maybe having the same incentive where we're being like, you know, Adopting a child doesn't take away from your own legacy and you are there still contributing to society in that same manner as well. Some cultures, though, are, it's very taboo to adopt because they have yeah. all kinds of beliefs about other things. And I mean, but that's the thing is I think... That's the thing the problem is. I, th- I think it's, for a lot of people it's very taboo to adopt, but then these are the same people who are like... Uh, but then there's a lot of people who are like, well, who are opposed to same-sex marriage and, you know, people who are maybe opposed yeah. to polyamory. But I'm just like... I well, if you want, if 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 the ideas are you having a kid to imprint your own ideas and values onto, yeah, 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 then you can adopt a you can adopt child them. and do that. The other thing is your question about uh, people being permitted or people being incentivized to have fewer children. I think it's a policy question, right? Mm. I think, and and I think Dana and I are both saying that there peop, individuals have a right to have children. It's a freedom, and you. That shouldn't be tampered with. However, like with every other freedom, I have a freedom to punch you, but I don't do it because we are sure. within a policy structure. Well, it'd be a weird bit of this podcast. Rules. Yeah. What? It'd be a weird bit of this podcast. It'd be very strange. Um, but the, so similarly, I think the whole issue of children and how many children should be is a policy requirement that we start to talk about it. The other question, the other thing you brought up, oh, I go to ASDA, I go to this place, people are not doing the job right. Mm. That's a very individual thing. Yeah, We are only raising our children with the toolkit that we have been given, which mm. is cultural, societal, but ultimately the biggest part of that toolkit is what we, is the families we came from. Once you have a child, it's very difficult, except at the margins, like whatever they did to that poor child, baby P. Remember that horrible mm-hmm. thing? That is like, you did that, that was wrong. Don't do that to kids. That's obvious. Mm. But in the middle, how people raise their children, it's very difficult from the outside to say, you're doing this right. You shouldn't give them avocado and toast. You shouldn't be asking them about cereal. Listen, there's nothing more messy and difficult than raising a child and trying to hmm. do what you think is the right thing. Very few parents are raising children and thinking, let me do a shitty job at this. Very few. The yeah. ones who are out at the margins and we don't have to go into those horrible No, sure, stories. sure. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. And even, and even then, defending a, par- a parent is a job title. So if, if we're talking about children, there are a lot of people who have the psychological mind of children who are also raising children. Absolutely. So, you know, there's, what's the, why is there but a I mean, so I mean, So, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, I think that becomes much more tricky about should people not be allowed to have kids because they're not doing it right? I don't know how to... I, I, yeah, I, that's, that's tough one. I would have to be like pass because I think everyone's trying their, everyone's making a mess and everyone's trying their best. Because yeah. that's, I mean, if that wasn't the case, there'd be no therapy in the world. Yeah. It just would stop. <laughs> it just would cease to exist. But as a policy, I think it's very important to, to have this as a standalone topic that you talk to young people about and say, if you know, this is probably a reason you want to stop yourself at two. Mm. And um, these are the reasons why. Because you can have the money to have more. Yeah. But... What are you looking for? They might still go off and have five kids. I guess the question is you you should own your decision. Say, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know? 
I mean, yeah. That's I guess not it, a f- by the way, this is not funny at all. I didn't give no. a funny answer to anything. <laughs> we don't need to do funny on this podcast. I guess, we, you know, if you, if you have, I mean, I guess there's a larger ecological impact of having so many children. But at the same, t- at the same time, if you're maybe bringing up your children to have their own level of ecolog- uh, ecological awareness, maybe, you know, you've raised like three geologists or three botanists that are going to help to, you know, recreate yeah. the atmosphere. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and recreate our environment. So maybe it's a good thing. But, yeah. Well, I felt like I, I was right to save that question for Sindhu, Dane. Yeah. I felt like we got a particular take on that that we don't, uh, wouldn't get with everyone. Particularly True. people who maybe haven't got kids. Yeah, people who don't have kids are going to be like, well, what? Like, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. They'll just be like, don't have them or have them. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think we got an interesting take on that one. I'm okay. pleased with that. Dane's like, okay. Oh, I don't have kids. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, the question's about me. Yeah. That <laughs> I was interesting. Yeah, you were inter- interesting. Just kidding. <laughs> There's a little bit of a rivalry between Dane and Sindhu. No, I've just listeners. had him on the back foot now. I'm just. Yeah. I like it. It's fine. Uh, I, it's I, time for Dane's question then. Fine, fine. Let's just break this awkward silence with the. the, the it wasn't awkward, and you can edit the awkwardness. I can edit it, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> right out. I'm, I'm thinking if I'm, I want to give this a real long. To preface this question with a long spiel. It's but up I'm, to you. I might try and keep it quite succinct. Go for it. It's basically do you think there is, Sindhu, a creative cast system? Creative caste system. Yeah, as in where the totem pole or the totem of creativity is concerned, is there somewhat of a hierarchy in terms of like, obviously we're comedians. So we must sit somewhere in terms of like the totem pole of respect as Mm. a creative. So for example, I feel like if you tell people, like for example, where I grew up, one of the reasons I probably took so long to come out as a comedian is because there were no real lot of comedians around. People would either be rappers or they would be maybe singers or aspiring presenters, maybe some acting athletes so the idea even the idea of even having dreams you're going to be met by quizzical looks but be like as a comedian in an environment whereby you know socially there's not much to laugh at yeah so you know when i and and also and then there's also obviously we all know the cliche oh you're a comedian tell us a joke or everyone says i'm funny i should be a comedian or, well, I mean, for me, it was like, people, you're not really that funny. You're like, you're not ha-ha funny. You're like sarcastic funny. A plethora of people who basically preferably all squatted and shattered my dreams before they took off. So, and I feel like that's not the same thing as when someone says they're going to be a singer. I guess they can really prove and validate that immediately. Mm. Or, I guess, musicians. And you can look at, like, I guess, TV in terms of how musicians are esteemed or like somebody headlining a particular festival, for example, or music, or most festivals being, other than the fringe, being essentially very music focused. Mm. Mm. I feel like comedy festivals don't really get the same kind of attention and respect no. and esteem as music festivals. I definitely think acting, acting's up there. Is is at a very high? I think the way we well, what kind, what what kind of acting? Way the way the way we treat movie stars. Yeah, has an incredible. Kind of like they are. They so, you, are so, you, yeah, well, you got, so, so silver screen, and then you got small screen. Yeah, TV and TV. But then I guess you got no. Stri- that's about fame. Mm. So if you had a stand-up who was that famous, without big TV, without big movie credits, mm. yeah. they get a certain Jerry Seinfeld. Like, oh, Eddie oh Murphy. Oh my God. Yeah, or, never, or, or, never done a movie. But Eddie Murphy's done a lot of movies. Oh, so it means Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, so he hadn't even or done Michael a movie. McIntyre. You mean like kind of? Yeah, there's like oh, yeah. you know, I mean. So no, I mean I understand the question. I think in terms of creative impulse, not to cut you off that no, you sure, said it go was, for it. but I always think of that as fame. 
I think in, I think if someone closed their eyes and says, what is the creative impulse between what this person is telling me they do and this person said I'm an actor and this person is saying I'm a singer and this person said I'm a stand-up, I have to break it up in two parts. One is in India, there was no stand-up. Mm. So when it says stand-up, there's a stand-up to do what? Do They don't understand it. Now they do kind of. And it, it doesn't, I mean, now it's become cool, so maybe, but as a notion of a creative thing to do it would have it got no respect it's like you want to get up you want to you want to be the joker and mm. that was something shameful especially for a girl or you what you want to get up and draw attention to yourself and make people laugh that's you know that was horrible <laughs> but now if i just now let's just get all the india stuff out cuz i don't live there and if you just talk about mainstream like i was in the us or i'm here i think with stand up a lot of people think it's very to be a stand up you have to be very intelligent people say that oh to be a stand up you have to be very intelligent what yeah not to me oh <laughs> not at all <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting yeah they say oh to be a stand up you have to be very, no, no, be very intelligent that's... because you're making statements about the world and about you know you're there's like observations yeah and so when i hear that i think huh that's interesting i i think stand up is seen as I don't think it's taken as seriously yep. as um I've often said this stand up and hinduism are very similar because they both have very low bars to entry mm-hmm. super low this is yeah. like my idea right yeah. if you if uh, howard cohen your name is clearly jewish if yep. you said to me yep. I'm a hindu i'd have to say okay there's no way for me to verify that there's no book there's nothing i can do i'll mm. say okay and i mean i probably won't even mind i'm like oh okay fine i'm not but yeah no but if you said you were there's sure. no way to verify that you are or not it's an internal job right then i would see a couple of things you were doing and if there were a couple of things you did i'd be like howard that even with all the different strands of hinduism and the fact that it's been floating around for 5000 years that ain't very hindu and you said mm. yeah but in Nepal, in the nepalese hindu eats yak i'd be like okay fine you're hindu you know what i mean it's very right, hard to right. pin it down Similarly with stand up anyone can show up at an open mic and be like I'm a stand up give called, me a mic. That's why it's called open mic. Yeah but still from the outside world it's like yeah. okay you you went and did comedy. Yeah. So I think in that sense it's sort of seen as something which doesn't have the same uh doesn't require the same thing as singing which is a talent. Mhm. and acting which is a talent and you have to learn your lines stand up is something people think oh you're funny you went you did it and now you're having a great time because you you must be more funny than the next person yeah. so they put you on apollo or whatever yeah yeah or they so in that sense i think stand up is it's not seen to be hard work no and all. it's not seen to be a talent i was recently told by a friend to get a real job Fuck off. What? Oh what? Don't we, worry, don't this? worry. He's cancelled. But Yeah, he's edited. Yeah, he's edited, but as in is this non-industry person? I non-industry see. person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we gave the whole speech about how it's easy for me to get up at midday and yes. et cetera, et cetera. Let me tell yeah. that fucking guy. Yeah. You fucking people suffer. Uh, yeah, when when this dickhead's out on a Saturday night having a few drinks with his mate, Where's Dane and Cindy? They're out fucking slogging their guts out to please a bunch of drunk tourists. Well, see how would you 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 I the, the real evolution is just like I said, it's just cancellation. Next time I'm in his neck of the woods, I just don't see him. Yeah, yeah. no, that's it. You just, you just, you just I I I'd rather rather you can everyone's entitled to their opinion, but because the thing is it's like what people don't understand is that a lot of time when I'm actually spending time with you, I'm having to take time out from work to do so. Hmm. So when people start going, "Are you are you applying yourself and projecting their own 
uh, kind of like inadequacies about their own mm. job or life yeah, onto yeah. me. I'm like, that's fine. But a big part of me really focusing means I won't see you for like a good three years. Yeah. And I mean, also, if at this point in your career, Dane, you know, people who are asking that they're probably not getting it. And you can't be on the point. Yeah, you can't at this point. Yeah, you yeah, can't be like you don't get it and explain it. It's like if they don't get it at this point, it's like yeah. yeah. So, in terms of totem pole, I think in that sense there is one. Um, I definitely think comedy doesn't get the respect level. No. I'll tell you an interesting example of this. Right, I, 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 I work on a lot of different things, and I was talking to someone about a project about the comedian George Carlin. Yeah. Now you guys know. I do. I'm going to make mm-hmm. a bit of noise. I hope that's okay. That's okay. You got a, a, Sindhu has a as a, a some kind of sweet. No. It's a, it's a throat. Sindhu's trying to quit smoking. Oh, very good. Um, well, uh, I can't do that because I'll go back to cigarettes. So. Yeah. Um, but George Carlin to 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 you guys mm-hmm. very. But I think I, our listeners. I'd be interested to know how well he's known by our listeners. Whereas if you actually study him, as I've been doing a little bit of at work. Very, very thought-provoking yes, comedian. He, he had some great insights. There's a bit of a clip of him. I, I'll happily post it on our Twitter of him on uh, the Arsenio Hall mm-hmm. show, which used to be like a late night. What a show. What what a show. Original late night show. Oh, yeah. Amazing show. Arsenio Hall, great yeah. one. Check Love out original. this clip of Carlin on that show. I tell you what, he does a seven-minute bit, and I, I, can, I can tell you like five jokes. He's just riffing on like his philosophy on the world. I mean, really interesting because I was thinking, God, that's that's televised, right? Which, and, and we now have become very accustomed to, to, to televised stand-up because that's one of the reasons why I think it's lower on the totem pole is I think it's been televised in a respected way for less time. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. A, uh, that's one of the reasons. But but that idea that 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 so much of what we're kind of pushed to view on television as stand-up is this kind of packaged thing mm. that takes away some of that. Like, I suppose Chappelle can get away with that that kind of, you know, slightly more loose. So raw, rawness. And yeah, that's slightly rawness. more. Whereas everything's kind of forced into this kind of polished box. Yeah. That isn't. Yeah. It, and also, but the, the thing about stand-up is as a, as an, as a, I hate the word art form, as a thing. It's a live thing. Stand-up mm. was never meant for, stand-up is live. And I mean, it's beautiful that it's on TV. It's certainly helping everyone's careers. Yeah. However, because TV is really about access. Other people can, can see you. But stand-up is live, and it's not in that sense. I suppose it's like going to a... When I saw Prince live, Mm. it was better than any... No matter how much of his music in what (laughs) HD I had listened to. But music still doesn't have that quality, because the thing about stand-up is in the moment. Prince is not going to... He did a few things that were different, but he's not going to start singing another set of lyrics during the Purple Rain Mm, tune. Yeah, exactly. Whereas a stand-up could go any way. And I think... So I think part of it is live, and that's also why the TV part of stand-up, I think, has been over. kind of misses it. You yeah, know? it's it's been over um, thought. It's like it's 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 valued too highly. And given that given that Netflix has kind of tried to own it as well. Yeah, well, it, I mean, that, that creates a whole different dynamic. Well, it's more of a duopoly because HBO kind of had it locked for a very long time. Yeah, so. and now Amazon Prime's getting in on it. So now so. it's become an oligopoly. Yeah, so but that's the, what it's going to be. So. But sorry, you were talking but, about yeah, George Carlin. And the idea that, you know, so the, yeah, so the, the one side of that is that, yeah, does televised take it down the totem pole? But also the, the sense that your, your kind of audiences that watch stand up on television don't really want to have to think that hard a lot of the time. So, for well, example, yeah. there you go. You know, I watched um, two billboards outside uh, yeah, thing oh God, in Missouri. So, so, so sad. Sad, great movie. film. It's great but movie. the performance of, of, the, of, of, of Francis McDonald and the writing. 
for an hour and a half of my life absorbs me. Do that with stand up. That's fucking hard. Like I don't care who who's doing an hour and a half. But that's what it's supposed to be, though. I think I think that's I guess that's where you can you can get the esteem from from stand up is that like George Carlin's is a good example. I think if you uh, begin to master this craft, then you begin to transcend like the uh, structure of observations of comedy, and it does. And essentially, if comedy, or I guess in its most modern incarnation of observational comedy, is that you are interpreting what you perceive with your five senses. And then you try yes. and relay that back to your audience to, in a way that is tangible. And they're riveted. So they're riveted. Once you're able to transcend that, because essentially this all begins, though, from consciousness, which is intangible. You're trying to make it something tangible by using these senses. You transcend this is when you can talk about basically you're linking from your consciousness to theirs. And that's, that's, when, it. It be- that's, it. that's, and that's it. when it becomes philosophy. And then you get like the George Carling, where your ideas and your narrative hmm. are more about you know, humanity itself, whether you are yeah, but, into uh, spirituality or psychology. And, and I think that's the level you're trying to get and to. And he was really out there in, in what he said. Was you know, it's interesting. Well, in, in the sense that, that, that it's, so, it's so un, mm-hmm. it's so not part of the, the fabric of what televised stand-up yeah. is. You know, I was interested in comparing him to Bill Hicks because... I think Bill Hicks gets this incredible kind of fanfare of, uh, and, he, and, he, and he was an amazing performer. But the actual quantity of the material and the quality of it compared to Carlin, who did it for so long, yeah. 14 HBO specials, you know, it's like it, Carlin to me is the, 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 the more powerful beast there. He is really. a more powerful beast, but Bill, I think Bill Hicks, he, he nailed it. That's, mm. why, that's why he's uh, lionized because it's the, uh, we are all part of a collective consciousness mm. uh, as existing as tight fields of energy experiencing life subjectively now the weather you're not gonna there's as so far as an observation yeah you're not it's airtight yeah, yeah, yeah. you know for me how, I don't know how, how do you beat that there you go and I mean but I, yeah, exactly and I think the one thing to keep in mind is that I've never approached my own stand up as anything more than trying to make people laugh mm. because of something I've thought it's like an intuition I had there's no message. There's no agenda. I don't. I don't want you to think about it after I've left. Hmm. But that's very much how I am. There are a lot. There's a lot of stand-up where people, people are coming from different kinds of angst. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of the angst is very much located in the hour shared here and now. My angst about my son, calling me lads on a text. <laughs> uh, yeah, see you on Thursday, lads. I said, who the fuck is lads? And, you know, that's a very specific kind of angst, which yeah. happens to just generate out. And it's light, but I think it just touches mothers who are who've go, who are going, but this is not this, this statement, lads, and whatever bit I'm doing when I'm doing that. It's not about some of the things that Carlin was talking about, which were really huger issues. Mm. And I'm fine with that. I, I, I don't think sure. I have the capacity to make jokes about issues. Not everyone needs issues. to do everything or maybe you'll do it later in your career. Who or knows? maybe I'll never do it. But that, that's fine yeah. because my thing is I want to make people laugh mm. and, and be entertained. And if they... And I do it however I know how. I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm still scrambling to find out. <laughs> people say, well, what's your what's your POV? I'm like, oh, fuck knows what my POV is. My POV is my POV. I don't know. But over time, they say, you know, you can come up with it, so on, so so forth. I just think with stand-up, there's the capability. Again and again, people say, oh, comedy is very subjective. It's not a platitude. You know, if Keira Knightley goes, just to pick an example of an actress, goes on the, mo- goes in a movie and does a shitty job, most people will be like, that was a shitty job. Mm. If I go and tell 
ten jokes about my kids and lads and Love Island, many people will be like, what the fuck is this shit? I wanted to hear about Jeremy Corbyn. Most people, or another group will say, like they do on YouTube, I don't like her accent. Hmm. And finally, there will hopefully be a group that say, oh my God, that was so funny. Mm-hmm. See, it's very different as a form of entertaining, or sure. as a creative right. form, yeah, yeah. you see? And that's why I think it is not ranked in absolute terms on that totem pole because it's a shifting thing even while it's happening. It's a shifting thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But I, it's all, yeah, it's all because it's all massively dynamic. And I, but I, I think at the same time, this is what, it's, it's such a gambit with comedy in that because I agree with what you're saying in terms of where it's subjective and stuff, but it's, I think it's because when you do nail it, then you're, then you're, you are above all entertainers. There you go. And you entertain entertainers. There you go. And it, I think, I it's, think that's, it's one of the biggest thrills, I think. That's what's actually quite interesting, actually, isn't it? I suppose is that actors won't ever get that in the oh, same Oh, they again and again will tell you that they never get that. Whereas, yeah, unless they do live theatre and stuff, maybe. Or monologues, yeah. which is, again, is not the same because there's not the pressure. Musicians your, get it. For Musicians your, definitely. But your lines, your li- when, you're, when you're reading lines in a monologue as a, or as a soliloquy, mm. as an actor or a Shakespearean actor, respectively, you're not. Uh, you don't necessarily have to punctuate these things with laughter. With laughter. Which is one of the hardest mm. uh, reactions to elicit from complete strangers. I, w- I was trying to tell this to someone the other day. I was saying, they were talking to me about like, oh yeah, like, you know, uh, it's really difficult being a musician. I was like, no, like they they play their gig and like the songs and people will like the songs or like a magician, like a magician will do the tricks. They'll kind of like the tricks, but the quantification of how successful the gig was isn't comparable to a comedian. No, a comedian will guaranteed know the, yes. the quantity of laughter I received tells me how good that was. Well, you, you can't do that with music. No, and, 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 and as a first level of entry, by the way, just as an aside, I love magic. Um, but just, just to say, um, but as a, as a point of entry of recognizing, is this working when I do it? Comedians have the most brutal because they don't laugh, they don't laugh. Actors and musicians are not able to see inside the skulls of people to see how much they're enjoying it. Yeah. And even though they might, I mean, no one's going to want my jokes 50 years from now. Everyone's <laughs> going to still be listening to Prince. I think people, I think it could be healthy for a lot of people to try to do some stand-up in a safe space because I think they can do some of their therapy through it and then, and then go back to your job and never do it again. But maybe there could be some... Uh, I mean, if you feel helpful. like to do it. Like I said, very low bar to entry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very low bar to entry. It's been some good questions, Dane. There's been some good questions today. I thought so. It's a very serious podcast. Is it always so serious? It, it varies. <laughs> We've laughed. There's been some laugh. You laughed at my sex stuff. Yes, that's when we laughed. I mean, that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty funny. We well, laughed no, a bit during. It the varies. Comedy. It sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's good. It, but it, you know, that's subjective unto itself. Because some people might hear what we're talking about and be like, "I can't believe these losers are talking about stand-up tie on balls." We so, don't want to no. be like have a podcast. We want to be like you. You got, got something you never. You know, we talked about. Uh, the comedy totem pole, having kids and um, open marriages. And, open marriages. and your, your fans one day, are, who, who in this era of voyeurism, will want to know every single thing you ever said or did. And they'll come back and listen to this and be like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. and her husband's an only child. Yeah. But um, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. And I'm thank so happy. Thank you for coming happy. and forgiving me. I have forgiven you. It's all gone now. Thank so, you. So, you know, with you know the concept of karmic debt and credit? Yeah. Now we are neutralized. Cool. In that way, our relationship has gotten enlightened. Dane's got a no chance debt, to put himself into no the. Uh, Dane can put himself into the positive, actually, can't you, Dane? Yes, because now it's neutralized now. So now know. we are just floating okay, enlightened. Well, you, you can't plug anything. Well, I guess. well, well, well you can plug something. <laughs> oh, yeah, where I'm, can people find you and, and your works and stuff you enjoy? Well, um, 
my website sinduvi.com which i update from time to time i'm i'm very active i love food very active on instagram about my eating um but i'm going on tour i'm going on tour everybody i'm going on tour starting in september 2019 2019 it's an extension of the tour i went on this spring so nice. i'm looking forward to it all over the uk all the dates are on my website please buy a ticket please come and um i will see where on the totem pole you want to rank me at the end of my show guys anyone wait to find out see it live thank you Cindy thank you Dane thank you, thank you it's been lovely we'll see you again soon I hope I hope so maybe I... on a, another podcast I'm affiliated with oh, yeah, at wh- the same time oh what my a god teaser. what a teaser what a teaser that's like, a, no, that's like an end of uh, Avengers type thing I used to laugh in the face of karma <laughs> <laughs> good you've been listening to Dane Baptiste questions everything Hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at DaneBaptweets. Our guest was Sindhu V. You can follow Sindhu on Twitter at Sindhu V Funny. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me at the Howard Cohen. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Hey, if you like what you've been listening to, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.